0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 193, How to Cultivate an Adventure Mindset as a Family. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Are you an adventuring family or a stay-at-home-and-get-stuff-done family? I sometimes fall into the latter category. I love my to-do lists. But whenever I muster up the energy to take my children on an adventure, I never regret it. We seem to grow closer to each other and make more lasting memories when we discover the world together. And speaking of family adventures, I wanted to let you know that I will be re-airing some of my favorite episodes from the past years of the show during this month of August, to give myself a bit of breathing room as I wrap up the summer with my kids and hopefully make some really great memories with them. This episode originally aired three years ago in 2018, and it's one of my all-time favorites. You'll hear me talk with Shemaine Wallenzine, a mother of five children, who gives us practical tips and tricks for how and why to adventure with our families. And if you're not a hiker or a camper, don't worry. This episode is still for you. Shemaine and I discuss how an adventure is any type of shared experience that is out of the ordinary, and you can totally tailor that according to your family culture. I know you're going to love my conversation with this wise and spunky mama and maybe get the little end of the summer boost you need to rally up some energy and finish strong, building connection and memories with your family. Before we jump into the episode, I have a couple of announcements. First of all, can I ask a big favor? We are coming up on the fourth birthday of the podcast this fall, which is so amazing. And as I'm planning for the future of the show and thinking about the year to come, I would love your input and feedback. The 3 and 30 team and I have created a brief survey for you to complete to help us find out how we can make 3 and 30 even better and more useful for you. It would mean the world to us if you could take five minutes out of your day and complete this survey. It's only 10 questions, it won't take you long, and it will help us so much in knowing what this community wants and needs. You can go to 3 30 podcastcom slash survey to fill it out, or click the link in the show notes, and if you complete the survey before next Monday, so August 9th, you will be entered to win one of three $30 gift cards. Get it? <laughs> Three people, $30 gift cards, three and 30. This is just a fun way for me to say thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts. I really, really care about your needs and I want this podcast to be as meaningful as possible for you. So thank you in advance for filling that out. I'm also thrilled to introduce our two podcast sponsors for the month of August, one new sponsor that I know you're going to love and one returning sponsor that I know you already love. Our new sponsor is Befitting, an online retailer of premium prescription eyewear. As you may know, if you've ever seen a photo of me or follow me on Instagram, I wear glasses. I love glasses. I have worn them since the sixth grade. It's honestly gotten to the point where I feel like my face doesn't look right without them on. So sometimes people ask me if I will ever do LASIK. No, I need my glasses to complete my face, but since I wear them every single day, I do like to have several pair and mix up the frames I'm wearing, so I'm always looking for affordable and convenient places to get my glasses. Befitting combines the skill of a seasoned stylist with technology to provide you with personalized frame recommendations that suit your unique look and style. So you can do it all online, which is especially helpful for me because I live in a tiny town in Idaho where there is not much opportunity to do in-person shopping and so I do most of my shopping online. So Befitting has a large selection of prescription and non-prescription glasses, including blue light glasses, and their advanced technology makes it easy to find a personalized style that suits you. It's like shopping with a friend who can give you feedback. To get started, go to Befitting.com, that's B-E-F-I-T-T-I-N-G.com, and use the code 3in30offer For 20% off site-wide plus free shipping. Please note that this offer does exclude Ray-Ban and Oakley glasses, but everything else you can get for 20% off. That's 3 in 30 offer for 20% off at befitting.com. Our second sponsor I'm thrilled to have back. It's my favorite online shopping marketplace, jane.com. If you haven't heard of Jane yet, I'm so excited to introduce you to them. Jane.com features hundreds of new products every day, most of them from small shops and vendors around the country who want to get the word out about their products, so they offer them at exclusive sale prices on Jane for a limited time. They feature the latest in women's fashion trends, accessories, home decor, children's clothing, and more. Right now, they have so many fun back to school deals like personalized backpacks, notebooks, pencil bags, lunch boxes, and more for kids. They also always have the cutest outfits. So if you want to do some back to school shopping for your kids but you don't want to haul them into the store, you can just download the convenient Jane app or you can go to jane.com slash three thirty. This is a curated shop page, especially for three and thirty listeners with some of my favorite items displayed. It was really fun for me to put this together. I felt like I was registering for my wedding again as I went through their huge inventory and said, I want that on the 3 and 30 page. I want that on the 3 and 30 page. So you can see all the deals that I handpicked for you at jane.com slash 3 and 30 That's jane.com slash 3 and 30 And now onto the show. This is how to cultivate an adventure mindset as a family. Here we go. I'm so excited about today's guest who's going to teach us a bit more about how to adventure with our kids and why it's so important. Her name is Shemaine Wallenzine. She's the founder of a website and a movement called Wandering Families, and she has five children with whom she does all of this wandering, and yes, if she can adventure with five little children then so can i right so i am so excited to welcome Shemaine to 3 and 30 podcast thanks for being here
1: oh my gosh thanks so much i am so excited and i love that mississippi river idea now i want to do that <laughs> and
0: brilliant. you probably could pull it off i'm thinking we might need to start we might need to start small and just yes camp close to home and then work up to the mississippi river
1: <laughs> yeah that's probably a good idea for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's so awesome.
0: yeah, so tell us more about why you started wandering families.
1: Okay. So I have total full disclosure here. I did not grow up as an adventurous person at all. I didn't even be was I don't even think I actually went on one hike until I was teaching my first year in Arizona and I saw that generic screensaver of Havasu Pai Falls. And I thought, oh my heck, I want to go there, but how can I do it without paying for it? And so I wrote a grant proposal to the state of Arizona and I got $10,000 to take my students there. And because of that wow. experience, I became addicted to hiking and camping and backpacking. And I saw the look on my students' eyes and I thought, this is one day when I get married, we're doing this with my children because it was pure magic. And so when I finally got married, um, my husband was a big time, his family, they, he was a camper. That's all his family did for family vacations. And so for us, it was just an easy transition to as soon as we started having babies, they, we just brought them with us. And I don't, I think the youngest I ever did a hike was my baby was about six weeks old. And we just hiked, you know, six miles. And so my children have been doing this since they were itty bitty. And so it's easier for them now. But the good news is, this is something that every family can do. Like every single family can apply and start small and then become more adventurous. So it's super fun.
0: I love that. And when did you sort of formalize it and make it into more of like to make the website? And
1: Ah, uh, yes, so I um, would post on my own personal, you know, Instagram pictures and stuff. And I had a lot of friends, they would say, how in the world are you doing this with your five children? And where are you finding these ideas? And finally, I thought, wait, why am I not sharing these ideas with others? And so I, it- I just sat around, and I when I'd go on hikes with my kids, we would talk, and we we realized that we are a wandering family of so, sorts, and so that's where that came from, and we just went from there.
0: And I love and that wandering family. It's such it's a, it's a cool little term Thanks. for you.
1: It is. It's pretty and so fun. what did you teach? I taught seventh grade Utah studies and eighth grade Utah um, U.S. history. Cool. Yeah, it was super so fun.
0: Did, so yeah, camping by the Mississippi River yes. and road tripping to Washington, D.C. probably does appeal to you. Absolutely does. We're going to talk today about three takeaways about how, how to be more adventurous with our kids and why it's important. Um, right. So why don't you go ahead and tell us our first takeaway?
1: Okay, our first takeaway is um, to create opportunities to learn how to be Come Adventurous is a skill. So I there's a great book everyone needs to read. It's called, and you would love it. It's called How to Raise a Wild Child. And when I first saw this at the library, I thought, yeah, my kids are wild enough. I don't need this. But it's not about that. It's by Scott Sampson, who does Dinosaur Train on PBS. And it's all about having and teaching us how to help our children fall in love with nature. And can I just share this incredible quote from his book?
0: Yes, please do. Okay,
1: it says... um, the natural world seems to invite and facilitate parent-child connection and sensitive interactions. Unplugging and taking a baby away from electronic distractions creates an opportunity for what is called effective sharing, Ooing and awing together over the sun shining through the leaves of a big tree, feeling a soft spring rain or a light winter snowfall on your face. And when I read that, it just hit me. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is why we love to be in nature. This is why my kids don't whine as much. This is why they get along. It's because we are sharing in that magic together. Does that make sense? Yes. I just, okay. And so I loved it. But then I realized that it's – I was not adventurous, remember? Didn't do it at all. And I learned how to become adventurous and how to hike and things. Mm-hmm.
0: So its not it wasn't something that was naturally innate. No, not it at was, all. It was a skill that you practiced and learned.
1: Yes. And yes. similarly,
0: it's not going to be necessarily natural and innate for our children, especially for certain personalities of kids. And right? we have oh. to give them opportunities to learn it, how to be adventurous. Right.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. So my second daughter, she was probably five years old one night. The time and we went downstairs, and she was just crying. And we said, Maisie, what is wrong? And she said, I'm not a camper, I'm not a hiker, I'm a stay at homer. I was born in the wrong family. And we thought, (laughs) Oh my gosh! And she didn't enjoy it, she hated hiking, she hated it all, she hated getting dirty. She would rather stay at home and play dress up and with dolls but we just kept going. And we, we, our family, we always say we are a hiking family and we just do it. And she is our best hiker. Honestly, she never complains. She's a mountain goat. And I think it's just all about tenacity. You just keep going. And really when you have children, the hardest part is getting out the door. Hmm. And if you make that effort and you just get out the dang door, it really becomes a lot more easy. And the more often you do it, the easier it is. Now, I have young children, though. If I had older children and I was trying to start this, it would be a completely different situation. And so um, I think some of the the distractions that I can use with my young children wouldn't work for older kids. And so I know that one thing that has worked well, we have older cousins or friends, is if you have... older children and you want to become more adventurous, invite fr- their friends along or invite their cousins along. So that way they're naturally distracted and they're enjoying it with a friend.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And I even feel that way with my young children, like um my Noah who's six, almost seven when he's with his cousin, who's just a couple years older than him. He's not as likely to whine and complain because he yeah. wants to keep up with his yes. favorite cousin. And so, yes. um, you know, having a little bit of positive peer pressure there can be a good thing.
1: Exactly. And so one way that we have found with giving our kids confidence and grit, because they have to learn it from, you know, the time they're young, is we present opportunities, which might be kind of tricky. So we find hikes that we know will be hard for them, not crazy hard, but just it'll challenge them a little bit. Um, the first time we did a slot canyon, it was tricky because it was so tight. I mean, I could not even carry my baby's backpack, let alone the baby in the pack. So I had to take off the pack, and I, my baby was, I don't know, he was probably nine months old. And I literally had to put him on the ground and just kick him through because it was so tight. And <laughs> you was... had to kick him through I know. that. Is, is that not awful? That's
0: not giving me a good visual. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, well like cause I was you know s- squeezed between two walls and I put him on the ground and I just nudge him with my he, so he you had it. to
0: nudge him. you had to scoot him through right scoot him through yes
1: <laughs> scoot him through and it was oh it was hard it was really hard but my children did it and they cried parts of it because it was hard and then a year later when we went back to that same slot canyon they literally scrambled up everything even the baby he was older of course too but, and they loved it. And we did it in the rain that time and it was wet and it was cold. And they, they had the confidence because they had done it previous, the previous year, you know, that they knew they could do that. And so we try to find hikes or activities where it just pushes them a little bit because they need to practice that. And they need to try and feel mm-hmm. that, that confidence with, that comes from succeeding. And, um, I remember this is my brother. He said something that was so powerful in time um his kids are crazy confident and they are crazy agile and i'm just like john how do you do that and he said shmain this is what i do i watch my children before they do something and i stop myself and i think okay what's the worst possible outcome if it's death i stop them immediately but if it's not death if it's like a broken bone i let them do it and he has never had a kid break a bone he said because children can do more than we realize mm-hmm. and so I try to keep that in the back of my mind. Sometimes I literally have to turn my head away and not watch Be like, oh, my gosh, they're going to fall off that log. I know. it. Oh, you know, but they don't. And that's another way that I have found increases my children's confidence is to let them practice those risks.
0: Yeah. You know, I went to a presentation once by a woman. She's the founder of. Timber Nook. Have you heard of Timberland? I haven't, Timber
1: but I'm going to write that down.
0: It's um, it's more on the East Coast, but it's like a movement of outdoor, like outdoor play in school. I feel like it's similar to oh, like Waldorf. Cool. Uh-huh. Um, and she was, she's a pediatric physical therapist. And she saw that so many children were coming to her for help with things like balance and um, gross motor skills and fine yes. motor skills. All these things. That in previous generations, children didn't struggle with as much. And she started to make the connection that it was because children weren't playing outside as much. Right. And they weren't allowed to take the same risks. And so they weren't developing the ability. So like they would fall more. Because Mm -hmm. as small children, they hadn't been allowed to climb and to learn how to balance. So then as older children, when they when they climbed, they didn't know how to balance and they couldn't stop themselves from falling. So she said that the best thing to do is exactly what you just said, to let them take some risks, because that is actually physiologically preparing their body to know how to keep them safe when they're right. when they're older. And it was so right. interesting. I definitely definitely want to get her on the podcast at some point. Oh,
1: absolutely. And you know the um Scott Sampson in that book How to Raise a Wild Child, he addresses something similar to that.
0: Going along with it being a skill, um I assume that you start small, right? We like do. you wouldn't you wouldn't advise that I go take my kids to a slot canyon in the rain. No,
1: no, no. No, no, <laughs> not
0: at all. <laughs> like I need to start With something small, easy, close to home, short. Yes. Yes. And And then work up to some of these harder things when I know what I and my kids are capable of.
1: And if you've never done it before, find like a little trail, a nature trail, you know, like those little boardwalk ones or along the river or something and just walk that way. I would definitely not. And we have built up to this. I mean, my children, this year was the very first year we, they finally hiked eight and a half miles. I was blown away that they could do that, but it's taken us you know 6 years of <laughs> going yeah. all the time so mm-hmm. definitely start small because if you don't start small too they'll hate it and you want them to have such you want them to have fun on it so they want to continue to go outside more often and and yeah. Scott Sampson that was another thing he said you don't even have to go far you can go in your backyard and just sit and observe nature and that is teaching so much your children about where what do bugs do in the grass or observing the birds that fly around and that's all part of the effective sharing when you walk outside and you say oh, wow look at that sunset and your children look up too you it's just slowly but surely teaching them that nature's awesome yeah
0: what does he say in Dinosaur Train? Like, get out there and make your own discoveries. Right.
1: <laughs> he does do that. I forgot. And we
0: actually say that sometimes when we do, we do go on little family hikes. Nothing crazy like what you've done. but um, And my husband will say, we're out here making
1: our own discoveries. Oh, I love it. It's fun. I love it. And I do want to put, also have a disclaimer. Like, I, my children are not perfect. And I at every given moment on every single hike, we have at least one kid crying or whining because that's just the nature of children. So when it happens that they're all happy, it's nothing short of a miracle. But I just don't want parents to be like, what? My kids cry when we hike. Yeah, so do ours. It's just children. So that, yeah. don't let that discourage you. Just keep doing it.
0: And what what makes it worth it for you, even with the crying? What makes
1: it worth it for me is when we get back in the car and we say, "What did you like?" And they each child has a different part. Whether they picked up my four-year-old son, his favorite thing is to find water and bugs and mud, and or my oldest daughter will say, "Oh my goodness, I loved how I could hear those chipmunks fighting, you know, back and forth." And just what they notice as we are together, I, for me, it just I feel like I've arrived as a mom. I really. I really do. I just feel like I'm entering those glory years where something that I love and am passionate about, they are expressing that love as well.
0: Mm, I love that. And that I feel like that goes beyond just hiking or what your passion is this. But yes. I feel like for any mom, sharing yes. your passion with your children really is like the glory moments of motherhood when, Absolutely. You, see, when you see that they are growing to love it too.
1: Absolutely. And that is so funny you say because that, that like ties right along to my second takeaway, which is, um, creative family culture. And not every family loves to hike. Not every family loves to camp. And that's just fine. I have an older sister. They are not into camping. I think for her roughing, it would be staying in a hotel that wasn't a Marriott. Um, <laughs> but they are really into sports. Like her son is an amazing baseball player. And so that's their family culture. They do sports. And I think each family needs to figure out what they love and make that part of who their family is. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. And part of their adventures. Like yes.
0: their adventures may be driving to different cities, to different cool baseball stadiums right. and watching games there. or Exactly different things. Like adventure can be any number of things, whether or not they're outdoors.
1: That's exactly right. And I have another sister whose husband is really, they both are actually really into movies. And that's part of their family culture. And they go to plays all the time and expose their children to these amazing cultural events that my kids have no idea about because we don't really watch movies. But it doesn't even matter. They have their beautiful culture and it works for their family and they love it. And I think we often feel like being adventurous is only being out in nature and it's not being adventurous is trying new things and getting better at it. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes I, I would hate for any family to say, Oh, we can never be adventurous because we don't live near the mountains or we don't live near the beach. And so we don't surf, but everyone can be adventurous within their own little culture that they created. And my family, we are a hiking family and we say that, all the time we are a hiking family this is what we do and my children know it and they we have a little jingle for it and they that's what we are that's what we do
0: Hmm. but it could be we are a singing family yes. or we are a serving family or oh, we are a cooking or whatever it might be I mean and I know all families will have multiple things that they are it's not like you're just a hiking family right right but I do feel like um, adventure in this context of what we've been talking about is really just sharing experiences together. Yes. People outside of the box, not on our devices, experiences together, this effective sharing that you talked about.
1: Right. And I think that we often as parents get caught up in, well, my kids are too young. Or I, we love to sing, but I don't know what to do with that. And I think that those are just excuses. Your children are never too young to try new things. And if you don't know what to do or what's around, then do research and figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. this is their – they get one childhood. They get the one shot. And I feel like as parents, we need to make sure we really work hard at making it about them and not what's easiest necessarily for us with yeah. creating that culture.
0: Yeah. And you know something else I thought about um, – there was an episode in April on my podcast with Dr. Katie Penry. Oh, she's a- Love her. Yeah. She's a clinical psychologist and she talks about looking up from your phone. Yes. She has something she calls a, the look up challenge. Yes. And um, I've also heard her talk about after you look up, look with. Mm. Um, so look with your children. She says the problem with our individual devices is that they are individual. So like cell phones and things, she says they're so insular, like our kids don't know what we're doing on them. They're, they're, you know, they are isolating. Right. Versus like a shared experience where you can look together, even if that is watching an old film together. You're yes. looking with what you're doing, looking at the clouds with your kids. Yes. Um, and you're sharing and interacting. And I think that's all part of adventure.
1: Yes. And by the way, that podcast has literally changed my life. I do not get on my phone around my children unless I say, hey, guys, I'm getting on because of such and such.
0: Yes. Isn't she so wise? Yes. You
1: found a gem in that lady.
0: Yeah, she's amazing. And then what's your third takeaway?
1: My third takeaway is to create a season bucket list. And I know bucket lists are really a big deal right now, but we kind of tweak it a little bit and we have our children create it with us. So at about two weeks before the beginning of each new season, we sit down as a family, um, And we just, everyone knows, okay, we're doing our bucket list and they get to share every idea that they want to do. It doesn't matter. One of my kids this for the summer, this is going to be interesting. She wants to go, we have a local snow shack place Mm -hmm. and she wants to, her season bucket list, she wants to try all of their creative flavors that have these funny names. That's what she wants to do. So as a family, our goal is to Try every single one of their made up flavors. (laughs) I know they're, and and that's okay. I mean, it's, and so we always put on new things. We sometimes have a repeat of the same activities because some things we just love as a family. Um, And I think that having their input is really where they get the buy-in. And so they want to do things. The other key I have to this though, is once we have our big list and I'm actually looking at my list right now, we have some funny ones this year, but they all work. Um, once we have our big list, then we sit down, my husband and I with the calendar and we actually pencil things in because Mm -hmm. if we don't have it on our calendar, it's just this pipe dream and it's never going to happen. Let's be honest. Life is busy. Mm -hmm. And so once it's on the calendar, we know it will happen and we figure out ways to make it happen. And then, because some of the things are new, like we've never been to Bear Lake, but we're going as a family with my extended family. And so now I have to research, like, what do we want to do up there? What is there to do? I have no idea. And so once you have it on your calendar, research, research, research. Mm. I use Pinterest. I use hashtags on Instagram. That's a really good way, too, to find out what's around. Um, I'll just Google things, (laughs) be like, what are fun things to do around Bear Lake? Or activities for kids near, I don't know, Escalante, Utah, whatever it is. And then I read about it and I... Yeah, I'm not I'm not afraid to like message people on Instagram at all and ask them, hey, do you think this is doable with children, you know, my, my children's ages? Yeah. And sometimes they say absolutely not because there's 400 foot repels or whatever. And I'll be like, okay, got it, you know. But I think that people love to help one another. And as long as you find out and research, it's going to be a success no matter what.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And that's a significant investment of your time to research everything. Yeah, it everything. is but I assume that it ends up making a huge difference versus just showing up there and expecting for adventure to kind of fall into your lap.
1: Absolutely. For instance, that first time we did those slot canyons, we didn't realize that we would have to be scrambling down 20 feet of a cliff. And the next time we took some webbing with us so we could just lower and made it everything, you know, just go smoother. And so those are the types of things I do share on my um, wandering families because they're little tips that families may not know. Hey, Mm -hmm. make sure you take a rope with you because otherwise it's really tricky with little kids or whatever. But I was going to tell you one of the things I bet you've heard this. I want to say it was April Perry on your podcast. Maybe it was Saren. I don't remember. Anyway, from Power of Moms. And the quote that they said was live in anticipation of the memory. Mm. And so even after I've done tons of research, sometimes things flop. They just do. And sometimes our season bucket lists, the, even the things we thought were going to be our the highlights turn out to be not so great, but we live in anticipation of the memory because those times that often that they're not so, they didn't go as I planned. They are the funniest memories that we have. And we <laughs> laugh about and be like, can you believe, remember that one time mom took all five of us by ourselves? And that, I mean, I do silly things like that. And Oh, and
0: And she forgot the tent pole and we were stuck out in the rain.
1: (laughs) Or when mom forgot to pack the food, it was sitting at home. You've done that one before. That was a good (laughs) one. You're
0: right. Like in the moment, you're just so mad and tired and exhausted and you want to cry. But when you think about how hilarious it's going (laughs) to be down the road, it does help a little.
1: It definitely does. And I, I think that that's part of also, you know, with the family culture, it's this is just what we do. And I'm that crazy mom that forgets food. Who does that? I don't know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I have to say that I got on your website last night to prepare for this interview and I definitely saw a few things on there that I'm like, ooh, like the the glamping, the like oh, the nice yes. teepees in Zions National Park. Yes. And so I'm like, I want to do that, you know? So I think your, your website is a great resource for people if they want to look for some adventures to start (gasps) with.
1: Thanks. Thanks. And honestly, we love glamping. We don't do it very often because it's kind of pricey, but it is a great introduction to camping because it really, I mean, you're still sleeping in sleeping bags most likely, and it's, you're still in nature. You can hear all the noises that you wouldn't, it's just, yeah, it's a good introduction to camping.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been really helpful and inspiring. I feel like um, this episode's going to air a little bit into my summer and in, awesome. into the summer. So, moms may be needing a little reboot of motivation at that yes. point in the summer. Can you remind us again, one more time, what your three takeaways are?
1: Absolutely. Number one, create opportunities to learn how to be adventurous. Number two, create a family culture. And number three, create a season bucket list.
0: All right, great. Thank you so much, Shemaine.
1: You're so welcome, Rachel. And all of a sudden, I hear screaming kids. I got to run. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Bye. Bye. What's going on?
0: I purposely left that ending on there for you because I love it. And <laughs> I thought you might love it too. I love Shemaine's takeaways so much. I always thought that I would be an adventurous mom, but life, schedules, overwhelm, it can get the best of me sometimes. I'm so thankful for the encouragement and reminder that adventuring with my family, no matter how small the adventure, is always worth it. Before I sign off, I want to remind you to take just a few minutes right now if you can to complete my 10-question survey and give your feedback on 3 and 30. This will help me so much as I plan for the fourth year of the show and figure out what this community needs more of. Your feedback and suggestions are so important to me, so please go to 3and30podcast.com/survey or click the link in the show notes. I appreciate it so, so much. As always, my friends, I'm rooting for you, and I hope you have a beautiful, adventurous week with your family.